on this, the 12th of February, Thursday, 2015. Still not thinking through my introductions, and this is East Meets West. <laughs> but you nailed the name. Thanks. Yeah, it's gotten much better after that first... I would call it an intro, but I also think it could be called a debacle. Yeah, it was a saga. Yeah. Lasted. So how are you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm excited to talk. Uh, I'm excited with all the stuff we have to talk about. It seemed like it was gearing up to be a, a subpar week in terms of news and goings on, but um, things turned around for me. A subpar week? Oh, you mean like for non-podcast related things? No, like things to talk about. It was. <laughs> it was also looking know. the notes and talking points I have in there. I'm very excited about, but uh, yeah. So first on the docket, I suppose we should talk about follow up. Yeah, we got a couple things to follow up. So in our last episode, I was saying that democracy was a perversion of something, and that is polity. The word I wanted was polity. And having said that, I'm still not exactly sure what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but in case you have a link here, but you didn't, it didn't clear it up. I do. Um, it's hold on. Where is it? It, it sounds like it comes from the same, okay. the same root as politics. Ish. So according to Aristotle, rule by the many is polity in its ideal form and democracy in its perverted form. And okay. so I looked up polity and hold on, I'll get the exact wording here. Okay. According to Wikipedia, polity is, wait a minute. Yeah. It's <laughs> a state or one of its subordinate civil authorities, such as a province, prefecture, county, municipality, city, or district. It's generally understood to mean a geographic area with a corresponding government. That is not helpful at all. Yeah. Uh, it also says Thomas Hobbes considered bodies politic in this sense in Leviathan. Okay. And yet I'm still lost. Granted, I didn't yeah. do a lot of reading on it, but... <laughs> it sounded like you put up a link to the definition, but didn't really go any further than that. Yeah, that's... Well, I mean... I was wondering what that word I wanted was, and having discovered that word, I was supremely satisfied. Interesting. Yeah, yeah this so, is, might be the shortest Wikipedia entry I've ever seen. So I don't know. Like we have, uh, I feel as though we have some semblance of polity here because we have counties, cities, provinces, and the federal government. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know if that qualifies. We still use democracy within those polities, but yeah. I don't like this. This is the most loosely defined <laughs> phrase ever. I, I suppose that might happen if you're looking at a philosopher's definition of something as a, in coming from a scientist's background, yeah. maybe I can't be sure that that's an issue. I mean, it just it it just sounds like a definition of politics in general, which I is I guess the point. That's where that word comes from. Maybe I don't know. So if you are one of our dozens of listeners, 
feel free to send us the answer. Yeah. And in other follow-up, we always talk about floor crossings. We talked about the mother of all floor crossings with, uh, what was her name? Danielle Smith, leader of the Wild Rose Party in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. So had... Not so much a floor crossing, but uh, John Baird is out. Yeah, which was and a surprise to everybody. Yeah. Now, you're not quite sure who John Baird is, if I I don't know his legacy. Right. Um, He's done a lot to do with, uh, I think, anti-discrimination, stuff like that. Uh, LGBT, LGBT community, okay. that kind of stuff, I think. Um, but... How most of us will remember John Baird is the enforcer of Parliament, the enforcer of the House of Commons, because for the longest time, if someone needed a good yelling at, according to the Tories, John Baird was up like go go Google John Baird right now and go to images. He will Uh probably be pointing and have his mouth open in a yelly sort of fashion. The first, that's not a good start. <laughs> the first one's a woman in the, in the news part. Uh, okay. Yeah. This is not yeah. actually, I was picturing someone older when it said that he's retiring from politics. Yeah. Apparently he's been in it since he was 25 or something like that. And he doesn't oh. want to be a quote lifer. Yeah, I get that. He he is he is gesturing or pointing and yelling in in at least fifty percent of these pictures. Yeah, yeah, that's John Baird. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting. I've heard a lot of criticism of people like Justin Trudeau because he doesn't have any experience in this sort of thing. And then I look at people like John Baird, and I'm like, well. What experience did he have before becoming a politician? Right. What experience do you have before you get experience? Yeah. and Or even like Harper. I think he was a in a think tank before becoming a politician. Okay. Which, I mean, yeah, thinking is great. But anyway. So that's John Baird. And uh, we did have an actual floor crossing with Eve Adams. Eve Adams has crossed from the Tories to the grits or in common parlance, that would be the conservatives to the liberal party. Right. Yeah. Uh, So do you know why this happened? I honestly, I have been reading up on or CBC actually gave a link on, uh, you know, other times you might've seen Eve Adams in the news Mm -hmm. and I also remember hearing about her reasoning for, I'm sorry, that siren is just great. <laughs> it's beautiful. I the can door, actually remove it and post. The door is cracked because, <laughs> uh, because there's a Chinook out and trying to get fresh air in. Right. And that fire station is on 10th and it is a straight <laughs> line from here to that fire station. So you just, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I really stuck with that uh, in spite of adversity so well. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) Totally. So Eve Adams, yeah. She, she's, 
it sounds as though she was having difficulty getting her, the nomination to be in her riding again okay. to actually run as the conservative member potentially maybe um she's also been in the news for things like blocking a gas station entrance when she wasn't happy with a six dollar car wash she had that's weird and i think a couple other things i think she's dating another politician dimitri sudas perhaps okay and yeah she's been in the news a couple times but uh she says her main reason for switching was trudeau's handling of the uh, sexual harassment thing on the hill Okay. And she also quotes ideological and philosophical differences with the conservative party. She apparently doesn't agree with some of their ideas and finds them a little bit heavy handed, I guess. Okay. Which I mean, I I can definitely, I have some familiarity, uh, some familiarity with that. So, uh, don't falter (laughs) for that. Yeah. So, um, I suppose we will follow that. Do you know what her writing is? Uh, On the off chance you didn't, I'm looking it up right now. I want to say GTA-ish. She was going for something okay. Burlington North, I guess. Uh, Mississauga, Brampton South. Oh. Oh, she might have been seeking a different nomination. Anyway. Yeah. Hmm. So definitely GTA then. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> just a bunch of stuff in the news since we last talked yeah. during our rigid schedule of once in whenever we have time. Well, I like to call it the Hello Internet schedule. It's just it, it comes up sometimes with no warning. <laughs> the the Monte Carlo method of scheduling. Yes. <laughs> we throw a dart at next month's calendar and... Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to start with? Oh, Rob, we could start with any of these fantastic and enlightening topics. I know. And I would have just said, let's start with whatever's first on the list. But you said maybe we shouldn't. So I'm asking. So we'll start with the first thing on the list. (laughs) All right. While you do this, I'm just going to give you a heads up. I'm going to make an adjustment to my microphone. And uh, I'm going to edit it out. So go ahead. I will endeavor to keep talking ceaselessly. It should only take a couple minutes. Okay. Well, maybe 30 seconds. <laughs> so, so if I had just started talking and gone with it, you would probably just have been done and our listeners needn't know about it. Is that what I'm hearing? If this makes it into the show, I'm already done. <laughs> if this does, if this isn't too intrusive, I'm just going to leave it in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. I can't see why not. Anywho. <laughs> So Supreme Court of Canada dropped a decision on physician-assisted suicides. And as happens with any large decision, there are people that are happy and there are people that are upset. And I assume a bunch of other people who aren't really sure what's going on and why people care so much. So I have to think they're in the majority, the people that don't know. So... I want to just briefly touch on DNRs and the difference between that and physician-assisted suicide. So a DNR is a do-not-resuscitate order. Um, 
like I say in the notes here, I have at least one story about DNRs, but I am not sure if I could get sued for talking about it because it could be construed as construed as slanderous and it's based on hearsay and such. But I have known of DNRs being taken a little too seriously in that someone comes in with a completely treatable condition and they're like, whoa, whoa don't necessarily want to deal with you you've got a dnr yeah my only experience with uh, dnrs is from an episode of house where a famous musician had one because he had a chronic condition and didn't want to be in the hospital for a really long time Mm -hmm. and then he had like some simple reaction to medication and everyone was afraid to get sued so they didn't want to touch him of course house took the reins and intubated him for whatever time it took to for the condition to subside and uh, that of, was a whole big thing. Of course thing. he did. Yeah. I I bet there was much drama about it. There was much drama. Yeah. Now, when he intubated the patient or when he figured out the diagnosis, was it within the last 10 minutes of the show? And did someone uh, have an epiphany? And then did they rush to help and then explain <laughs> via graphics what was wrong with the patient? It There, there were no graphics. Um, really? Yeah. He, so he was paralyzed from the waist down, I believe. And uh, it ended with him getting feeling back and regaining the ability to walk in addition to all the other issues he was having with his lungs. Hmm. But yes, it was resolved in the last couple of minutes as it, as with every single episodic show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Except maybe this one. Of course. For the exception. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We could start having epiphanies in the last 10 minutes of the show and then run away. We actually could. It wouldn't be that hard. We can't really do graphics because it's an audio podcast. So yeah. we we'll work on effects. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, DNRs are like, if there's something really wrong with you, they're not going to, I know a common one is you're asking not to be put on a respirator or something like that. Yeah. Or you're asking not to be kept as a quote unquote vegetable, even after brain function has ceased. Or I don't know. Um, but physician is so that would be um, like a passive euthanasia where right. you it's like pulling the plug. It's you're not actively killing the person. You're not euthanizing them. You're just taking away the thing that's keeping them alive. Yeah. But physician assisted suicide would allow for uh, patients with the help of their physician to take like, I know some places they will give them a pill or something mm-hmm. they inject themselves with. Um, I, it's unclear yet. I believe as to whether or not the physician can actually administer it. Yeah. But it's for people with, you know, chronic conditions that are not going to w- going away that will kill them. And, will leave them with a very, very poor quality of life. Yeah. And lots of pain and yeah. Yeah. No mobility. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I don't know, like I've known, I've been a supporter of physician assisted suicide for quite a while. Yeah. When I've seen some people go through 
suffering that needn't have happened is i guess how i'll put it absolutely yeah i i feel the same way i haven't had any direct experience to relate it to but it just kind of seems like the right thing yeah um there was also an episode of house where they (laughs) went into physician assisted suicide was there now and a doctor a famous doctor came in and wanted house to do it because he had heard that he had done it in the past uh allegedly and then but he also had he had a problem that house thought he could treat and so he i think he used morphine in that case and so he injected him with morphine and then very quickly put him on a respirator uh once he passed out and then kept him alive against his will trying to save him ended up saving him in the last now, few minutes <laughs> i was gonna say when he saved him did he have an epiphany in the last 10 minutes of the show he did. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's great. Good for house. (laughs) So (laughs) I I like that, uh, there are shows like this that sort of give you, they try to, it's not just entertainment. It actually does sort of try to show both sides of, of stances in medical issues. Now, I thought they covered both very well. There is a side of the story, which Um, it, it's come out and people are very upset about it. And those are people with disabilities. Okay. I don't know. If, have you heard any of that no. side of the story at all? So the concern is that this will be a quote, slippery slope. Okay. And that you could say to a person with a disability, oh, well, your quality of life is going to be so far diminished, you'll probably want that taken care of. And I... I understand that people would say that. I I don't really see much logic in it. I could see that as a concern, although I feel like it's... I don't know what that what you'd call the fallacy, but you're saying like, oh, well, clearly because they've made this decision, they're obviously going to make these further decisions down the road because there's no possible way we could ever remember, you know, to have compassion for human life. Yeah, it- but I guess the concern is that people will feel that a life with a disability is not worth living and actively encourage people to euthanize themselves. Or I've also heard anecdotal evidence and we as scientists have not positive feelings about the use of anecdotal evidence. Not well, not using it as proof. Yeah. So, I mean, there, I guess there has been at least one case where I don't know, someone thought they might want, euthanasia and then decided against it or they might want to be euthanized and then decided against it and then went on to lead a happy life or something like that right and obviously had those people gone through with it uh they wouldn't be able to enjoy the life they have enjoyed since and yeah tricky it, yeah, I don't think anyone would ever say this isn't a controversial issue and there's always going to be arguments from both sides that are valid. Mm-hmm. It just seems like there are enough cases where this would be a 
positive, not, but not a positive, like it's, it's even hard to call it a positive, but it's just a thing that needs to be an option for some people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I assume that a lot of this will like regulation will help or how you structure the regulations. So it's, you know, obviously life ending conditions. I believe that was number one. So if you have a, a degenerative degenerative disorder like i don't know let's say parkinson's or uh mls wait yep. mls als als and ms emma that's what I, yeah okay so yeah. degenerative disorders which are just you mu- i could conceivably see someone getting to a point where they would prefer to be euthanized rather than have to continue on in a life that's just going to keep getting worse and worse until you die. Yeah. Knowing um, what your future holds with very high certainty. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I would want the option is I guess what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. there are arguments to be made on the other side, which are valid, but I'm just going to go ahead and disclaim that I couldn't possibly understand it because I've never been faced with such a life-changing condition or something like that. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting and wanted to hear your thoughts. Suspected they were close to mine. Yeah. Again, so you have see, had anecdotal experience and you have your own views. I think my views are the same. I could certainly see circumstances where I was had some kind of affliction or degenerative degenerative disease, like you mentioned, where I would at least want the option. Mm -hmm. Um, Having never been through it or seen anybody go through it directly, it's hard for me to conclusively say that I would take the option or that I would suggest it to somebody I knew and cared about. But uh, again, if they wanted it, I would want them to have the option. Yeah. And I guess it, it, I guess it also comes back to the Hippocratic oath where they say first do no harm. Yeah. And are you do, are you doing harm by keeping these people alive? Right. Absolutely. And and you could certainly make the argument that you are mm-hmm. obviously on a personal level, you could be making the argument that you aren't on a personal level for a doctor. And, but I, and I don't think anyone in government or otherwise is suggesting that doctors should be forced to do this. No, absolutely not. It's not like, I mean, you made the reference in the notes here to the same argument as gay marriage. Oh, that was specifically to slippery slopes. Well, I know, but it also kind of applies here. Like nobody is forcing uh, any priest or anybody to perform a, a gay marriage yeah no it's completely up to i mean if you're a civic authority you have to do it right yeah you're an agent of the state but yeah. like you do no church is being forced to perform gay yeah, marriages exactly. yeah and that's exactly how it should be like right. considering it's a primarily religious ceremony right but that being said even civil ceremonies You'd no individual person would ever be forced to do to perform one against their will. No, nobody no, would ever wouldn't. want that, and nobody would ever try to force you to do that. Right. And, and in terms of the slippery slope argument, your job. I mean, 
it's used here to say, well, what's stopping us from just euthanizing people with disabilities on site, I guess. But I mean, when same sex marriage was an issue, I remember, I remember concerns being excited that like, well, what's to stop cousins from getting married then, or like a man and a dog or cats living in sin with dogs or I don't know, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, there are laws in place to say, no relatives can't get married and you know, people and animals are just a completely different matter entirely. But (laughs) you know, it's just expanding the definition of marriage to be a man and a woman. And granted it is a comparatively new institution in Canada. It is same sex marriage. But I don't like I haven't seen Satan around like right parading with us <laughs> or anything like that. He might fit right in on Canada Day with all the red, but that's true. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking on that on that note, maybe just slight side thing. Satan coming to Canada Day. N- no, 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 no. On the game. Oh, OK. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have been <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about this the whole the expanding the definition of gay marriage or the expanding the definition of marriage to be f- between a man and a woman to be between two men and or two women is making me think really really hard about why we need gender in, can you think of a single circumstance where checking either M or F on any form or in any sort of legal way is useful in in an advanced society? Uh, I've been struggling and I don't... I feel well, like I mean, medically, men and women marriage, are susceptible to different things. Like uh, Men also have things like... Uh, I don't know, a classic example is baldness. Women don't tend to have to worry about baldness. Some do, but um, it's bald. Uh, whatever causes baldness can be covered up by an X chromosome. Yeah. So if you have a baldness chromosome on an X chromosome and then just have another X, well, you have a dominant gene that just goes for having a full head of hair. Whereas if you have the gene for baldness and you're a guy, you have an X and a Y and there's no other X to cover that baldness gene up and you're bald. So I, I get, I mean, that that's a valid yeah, like med- in ter- Other than in medical reasons, medicine. like statistical, statistical data on, I don't know, also genders doing stupid things and getting themselves hurt it is largely a male dominated game when it comes to doing something stupid and hurting ourselves guys are just way ahead of the ladies in today's canadian society that yeah that's true i guess my point was to generalize that having having to define oneself as a man or as a woman in the overwhelming majority of cases will hurt more than it helps. I could see that. Like, I mean, on, well, I don't know. 
in terms of identification, maybe for like licensing and stuff, but I don't know, applying for positions and stuff like that, or just like applying for a job. Why does it matter if you're a man or woman? Yeah. I, or like identifying yourself when your health or the law isn't concerned. I don't think it's really relevant. Yeah. Like even the law, what the law wouldn't be enacted differently based on Um, gender. Well, I don't know if they're looking for a male between six, one and five, nine and he's wanted for murder or something like I've murder stealing some cake. I don't know. Right. But just as a descriptor or, Hey, you fit the description of someone who stole a bunch of cake earlier. We'd like to ask you some questions. Right. And so that works pretty well in terms of sort of giving a catch all. Yeah. But there, like, what if someone commits a crime that doesn't have any obvious specifically male or female visible characteristics? How many specifically male or female crimes are there? Well, that's what I mean. This, like this it, person <laughs> stole a bunch of lipstick. I'm not sure whether it was a guy or a lady, but but that in in a, in a completely non-offensive, trying to be informational kind of way. What if you came upon or you you witnessed a crime and you weren't sure if that person was a man or a woman? I guess you describe them as a person. I <laughs> I think that that's beautiful. And yeah, yeah. And just so we're all caught up here, women are people. They are there people. was a big case about it in the twenties, I think. Yeah. It's called the person's case, I think. <laughs> there are probably a lot of cases individually. Oh, certainly. Yeah. So I yeah, I we we got way off topic here. <laughs> we but, sure uh, did. What I've been, I've been trying to write something about this. And so bouncing some ideas around helps me. A post-gender society. Yeah. I don't like the, the idea of Barbie dolls and Tonka trucks and blue and pink and romantic comedies and action movies. In the Nordic countries, um, they've actually, they've got regulations that if you sell a toy you have to show a boy and a girl playing with it or something like that so you don't have the gender norms applied to children Hmm. i found it interesting that it it sort of is a modern invention invention gender norms because apparently in the early 20th century pink was traditionally a boy's color like that was the color that young boys wore and really? then at some point in this last century, it switched. It flipped. Hmm. Very strange. <laughs> yeah. If you actually stop and think about why we do things like this or why boys are supposed to play with trucks and why girls are supposed to play with dolls, it's it's hard to back up other than saying, well, this is the way it is. So this is the way it ought to be. Yeah, and that is always that is a slippery slope. <laughs> That's a real slippery slope. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, I think they've investigated on the Daily Show before. It's like, so what's the 
or they'll say, I guess schools were trying to stop two dads from coming and picking up a kid. They're like, well, what am I supposed to tell my child that if they see that it's like that the kid has two dads? Yeah. How am I supposed to say that? Well, you could tell them that the kid has two dads <laughs> and they'll probably stop asking questions at that point. Yeah. If it, if it is commonplace, which it is, then, uh, that's the explanation. What more do you need? I don't know. And since we're just digressing anyway, we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go nuts. <laughs> uh, oh man, I stopped and called myself on digress digressing and now it's gone. I'll, I'll say, um, there, there's oh. a bit. Oh, you got it. Sorry. I remember. Yeah. Okay. Going well. Um, <laughs> I mean, kids are frequently far less scandalized by things than you would think they are. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of things are done. It's, well, won't you just think of the children? Won't you please think of the children? It's like most children actually don't care if it doesn't involve, uh, I don't know, kicking the ball over there or playing yeah. in a field. Kids are very like, accepting of whatever the normal thing is. And so if you just tell them this is normal, they'll probably be okay with it. Yeah. They're also, I mean, they're judgmental in different ways, <laughs> but like there was a, I think a comedian was talking about it and she was, the comedian was a lesbian and chose to not go with the stereotypical feminine look. So short hair, baggy clothes, comfortable, whatever. And I guess, one time she was taken, like she was a waitress, a bus person. Okay. Anyway, uh, she was taking an order from a family and a little girl asked if she was a boy or a girl. And I guess the parents just kind of braced themselves and she was like, well, actually. And so she was like, well, some girls are lipstick and dresses kind of girls. And some girls are a comfy clothes kind of girl. And I'm a comfy clothes kind of girl. I'm a girl. And the kid was like, okay, can I have pancakes? <laughs> it's like, I feel like that story is really illustrative of how much children care about such matters. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are we, do you want to come back to physician assisted suicide before we move on? Or is that? Oh, I'm, I think I'm happy we talked about it. Yeah. And yeah, good. Good. So uh, yeah, although I was going to say the other thing we were going to talk about was CESIS legislation, but now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure that came up in the last episode of Future Chat. It did, yeah. Yeah. It, and Have you heard anything new since last weekend? No, actually. Yeah, I haven't really heard anything and now if someone wanted to hear us and maybe another person talk about ceases legislation, yeah. um, would they, there is a place they could hear that, isn't there? There is. Yeah. Uh, if you go to futurechat.me, you, it will be, I mean, if you're listening to this within the next week or two, it'll be on the homepage. Oh, but, uh, it's episode 48, I believe. 
And what, what did we talk about? What's it? the title of that particular episode? I believe the title is The First Poop Segway. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I wonder if we can sneak the word poop into every single podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got a streak of two going now. Yeah, we're off to a good start. Streak of number two. Yep. <laughs> I'm not naming this episode the streak of, num- of number two. <laughs> Wouldn't expect you to, Rob. Uh, but uh, yeah, look for that elsewhere in the Unwind Media Empire. Yeah. If you want to hear more talk about poop, and if you want to hear more talk about CSIS, although we actually, didn't really talk about it much because we don't, we don't know. Well, much. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before. Like Harper is trying to remove terrorism from the internet by allowing. Allowing court orders to compel, uh, what is it, like the people who upkeep websites to take down terrorist messages? Yeah. Actually, that is one thing. The one thing I'll say on that is um, apparently whenever you're dealing with anything sort of underground on the internet, like illegal activities, the worst thing you can do is try and quash it out because that makes people more careful yeah and they do it in a less transparent way and it's that much harder to catch them at it so what what is the better way to do it keep the internet free and allow data to be mined allow people to infiltrate the organization etc but it's easier to find if it's more transparent okay so the harder they have to work, the worse it is for you trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, even then, if like there are stories a bit like what uh, Bin Laden did when he was in hiding, like he worked very hard to not be detected. Yeah. And stuff like that. And it's if people work at it, it's really easy not to be detected and trying to remove terrorism from the internet isn't really going to help that much. Right. Although radicalization of people, what do you think about that? Like, do you think it's easy for people to be radicalized because they saw something on the internet? I don't know. I'm having a hard time with all of this. Um, I'm sure that it isn't new. I'm sure that people defecting to extremist groups anywhere in the world isn't a new thing. It didn't start with ISIS and it won't end with ISIS, but I've been, you've been hearing, like you hear a lot more about it these days than ever before in my experience. Well, I mean, yeah, but news is much better than it was in the past. Yeah. I just, I, I, I've never met any people I've never spoken to anybody. I've never heard any direct anecdotes of anybody hearing or seeing something online, on TV, on the radio, whatever, through any medium and being convinced to have extreme viewpoints. Well, in that sort of setting, because like yeah. if you have it happening on the national level, like in, I don't know, North Korea, maybe. I'm sure they might have some extreme views about things. 
but the people at the top, all the, all the content they're given is. No, I'm talking about the people at the bottom. Also, I'm glad that I was like, no, we don't need to talk about this, and now we're, <laughs> you know, knee deep in it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it, like demonization of the enemy and propaganda and that sort of stuff. That has an effect on how how people view others. Yeah. That notorious out group that is so different than our in group. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's this, this new story, this recent shooting at, in North Carolina of a Muslim family or part of a Muslim family. Oh, I haven't heard about that. And that's sort of what people are saying. So it was a, there's a big dispute. The, the family of the person who went on this, uh, I, I mean, I guess I think three or more is, it counts as a mass shooting. Uh, the the family of the shooter says that it was over a parking dispute, hmm. um, and the family of the victims said he's been harassing the family for a long time, and that it is absolutely about religion. And there's a whole big thing. I mean, with media being what it is now, it's very hard for a side of the story to get missed. And so if, if you're on Twitter, for instance, and following the right people, you will hear about this story uh, of a, I mean, in terms of it's, it's someone basically, it seems like the story right now is that they're committing crimes on behalf of Christianity. And you don't hear about it in the mass media. The major news organizations are, are hesitant to cover it. Mm-hmm. And that's been that has been a huge pattern in the last. I mean, I, I don't actually know how long it's been, but since I've been paying attention, it's been a huge problem where those kinds of crimes, crimes against Muslims by American people, are hugely underreported in the media, and then any crime committed by a Muslim is news for a week or two weeks or months or years. And so when you talk about propaganda, I don't exclude that. Okay. I don't think the U S gets a pass because they're, they're trying to demonize their alleged enemies. And we all know that the U S has ulterior motives in that part of the world. Do we, uh, do we know that for sure? That's something we know with 100% absolute certainty you're saying. Uh, no, but I, their actions and what they say their actions are have convinced me it's a very real possibility. I don't, I don't have, I have not heard any other, any more convincing arguments for any of the wars in the Middle East over the last 25 years. Um, than oil and yeah i uh i think that american propaganda is just as powerful if not more so than any foreign propaganda has been our machine our media machine is very powerful okay if i may the western one desert storm part one iraq invades kuwait Mm -hmm. world says 
Iraq, please get out of Kuwait. Iraq says no. Iraq being a very oil-rich country. If we wanted access to Iraq's oil, perhaps we would have given a, a pass. But we didn't. They but, got kicked right out of Kuwait. Well, I, don't I think uh, my my honest opinion on that is that the United States find themselves in a very difficult place because they are the biggest, most or not biggest, but they are the most powerful nation on earth, mm-hmm. and they are frequently looked to to be an arbiter of justice. Like even what was it? Arab Spring, was it, when they requested airstrikes against... I can't remember the exact details anymore, but airstrikes were requested Mm by, I forget, someone. And United States was expected to be front and center of those airstrikes because they had the biggest military muscle. Or when you look at the Rwandan genocide... uh, People say, oh, like, this is horrible. Why did we allow this to happen? And you know that if there was to be intervention, it would have been the United States that would have been involved because they're expected to be. I thought the UN was involved, at at least eventually. Um, In Rwanda? I think so. Possibly. But But I I don't think the US. I don't think they intervened is the long and short. Right, like the UN wouldn't send in forces, they would send in peacekeeping. Right. But I mean, so, I don't know, in my opinion, the United States finds itself in a difficult position because they are expected to be the world's pol- the world's police force. Yeah. As hilarious as the movie Team America World Police is, it's an interesting caricature of what, yeah. not only what the local population feels they should be, but also what a lot of the world expects them to be. And the Middle East is home to a lot of oil, but it is home to a lot of conflict as well. And I think that's just, it happens. Also, I mean, if we're talking about the war in Iraq, the one that happened before ISIS, Mm -hmm. that was just all kinds of poor decision-making. Yeah. Well, poor decision-making, misleading, outright. I mean, you could say lies. I don't, there's no. The WMDs, Rob. Yeah. The WMDs that you still haven't found. Well, that were never there. (laughs) Yeah. Although I think, didn't, wasn't it uh, U.S. intervention that got Saddam to power in the first place? Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Yeah, that's not unique. That's not a unique case. No, that's that's happened a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there there was a big uh, there was a big stay of what would you call that? I guess not a stay of it's uh there was a big sort of again media media attention placed on the fact that I think it was King Abdullah in Saudi Arabia just passed away it was around the time of the charlie hebdo shooting okay and the u.s didn't send anybody as an envoy 
to Paris. I think they said that Eric Holder, the attorney general, was there, but oh, he didn't yeah. actually attend the the march where a bunch of world leaders were. And then almost immediately after, within a week or two, um, they sent this entire team of 12 or 15 people to uh, Saudi Arabia because they have these massive oil reserves. There's just, I don't think it's a coincidence that there's all this turmoil and gas prices are being extremely uh, volatile. I mean, that's not a, that's not a new piece of knowledge. That's not something that is going to be a revelation to anybody, but it, it's interesting to think about. I, I would like to believe that the U.S.'s interest is in keeping peace and nothing else, but it seems like it's too good to be true just based on their their history in that region. Okay. There are a lot of people who are saying that the U.S. should should stay out of the Middle East, and if they want help, they will ask for it. Nobody is saying, like, they uh, had the the Egyptian John Stewart Bassem Youssef on the Daily Show on Monday, and he he was basically the the conclusion they came to is that the U.S. really shouldn't have gone to the Middle East in the first place back in two thousand one two thousand two two thousand three, um, but now that they're there, you like you can't just leave. So they were saying like go, but slowly. Yeah. And well, that, we talked about that last week. Power yeah. vacuums are a bad thing. Yeah, don't 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 come back in full force because ISIS is there. Let if we need your help, we'll ask for it, but don't just don't impose yourself on us again because that is going to cause more problems. Yeah. Well, and I mean it seems as though a lot of history like interventionist policies by a greater power hasn't led to a lot of stability. Yeah. But when that population comes together and figures it out itself, it tends to be more stable. Yeah. Well, it, and there's a, there's something to be said. I was reading about this either yesterday or today. A lot of the borders in Africa and the Middle East were drawn with the help of the Western world or Mm -hmm. with the, or with the Western world specifically trying to make the decisions and their borders don't really reflect the, the nationality and the culture of the people that live there. So these disputes about are basically about territory and borders. I mean, some of them like is Israel and Palestine obviously are, but there's a lot more to it where you end up with a country that contains different people who don't necessarily get along. And you're just, we're, we're, we're confused about why it's not working out. There's no political stability in that region because it's not a country you'd think well, like would Czechos- be one, Czechoslovakia one would be another example that yeah. just completely exploded because right. you forced a bunch of different ethnicities, a bunch of different populations in together under one roof. Yeah, the the Balkans are another example. They were called the powder keg. I believe Czechoslovakia is it was in the Balkans. Or, was it? No, it's I think it's further north than that. Is it? You're on it. I don't I'm have to it. look this up because you're already doing it. 
<laughs> you do not have to look it up. I, my you get understanding a fact is that checking it's, producer. It's just north of the. I mean, it's northeast of the Mediterranean, but I thought Czechoslovakia was above that. Yeah, Czechoslovakia is just above Austria. Whereas, from my understanding, the Balkans is like Slovenia, Bosnia Herzegovina, Serbia, Montenegro, Kosovo, Macedonia, that area. Yeah, Interesting. Czech, Czech Republic's just south of Poland. Oh, and right. Czechs, Czech Republic was, or it's Czech Republic and Slovak Republic now, isn't it? Uh, well, Slovakia, I've, I've never heard Slovak Republic. If Google Maps says Slovakia, I'm happy to go with Slovakia. They're pretty good with keeping up to date. Well, I'm glad you approve. I always oh, approve hey, look of that. It products. is farther north. Well, how about that? <laughs> Nick doesn't know what he's talking about. But so, yeah, these these countries have long had volatile political history. And when when groups that aren't groups that actually live there or have to deal with the fallout afterwards are the ones drawing the borders you're always going to have political tension until the countries break up like in this case with uh the balkans they there's now like six or seven countries hmm. how did we get on this topic we're talking about iraq and isis and yeah oh right yeah okay oil yeah also, just a brief note to keep an eye on. With CSIS, they've been given a lot of new powers. Normally, when you're given a lot of new powers, one, you get a bigger budget, and two, the oversight committee gets a bigger budget. Neither of those things have happened. Interesting. So I guess they've said to CSIS, hey, guys, can you just do a bunch more stuff for us? Um, regarding how we're going to pay you to do all that stuff? Uh, we'll figure it out later. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. That doesn't sound good. It isn't necessarily a recipe for success. I don't think. Right. So that's concerning. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, I guess. I, I'd i have to think that at some point they'll get some money to to do more even if it's not actually at the time of, because I imagine is, if, if any government agency gets a bigger budget, it is going to come after the election. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting for October. It's oh, really unfortunate. We should that's like politics. We should, uh, live podcast during the election. That would be so fun. I've wanted to do like a live stream event for so long. <laughs> I heads up gonna pop popcorn. It's just right now. No, like for oh, the election. Then I was like, "Are you warning me that something is about to yeah, happen?" No. <laughs> heads up, Rob. I'm just gonna take off for five, ten minutes and do something uh, entertain our listeners. How long does popcorn <laughs> take? <laughs> well, I don't know. There's prep work involved. That's true. Um. So we've got about half an hour remaining. Okay. Good to know. Two stories. Let's let's talk about Target. About Target, okay. Or uh, was it Target in Quebec? Uh, I didn't actually visit any Targets. Oh, okay. But I think they stuck with Target. Ah, interesting. 
You know, so, that's an Anglo name. Yeah. The, the targets are leaving. They are gone, I think. Didn't they have a clearance on Thursday and that's it? I don't know. I don't know how these things work. I didn't. I paid attention and I saw that um, Julia tried to tell me that we should go because there's clearance sales and then everyone was really disappointed. And I was like, I, I actually prophesied that sales wouldn't be that good. Well, I mean, if you think about it, one of the reasons that Target failed within Canada was that their supply chains were just awful and stores were chronically undersupplied. Mm-hmm. And so how much could there be to clear out? Right. Or at I, uh, least that seems to be the implication there. Yeah. So there's there's a Target that opened about four months ago, right nearby to us. Okay. Which is just so sad. <laughs> it's just brand new. Like they they tore down the store that was there before, the whatever it was, some grocery store. Okay. Built this brand new building. It was open for four months and now they're closing. It, it might not even be four months. It might be less. It might be like two months. There was another Target that out east in Ottawa that, uh, or sorry, out west in Ottawa, that was literally, they were literally putting the sign up the day that it was announced. (laughs) (laughs) It hadn't even opened yet. (laughs) Wow. It just seems like poor planning. Yeah. Um, I know a guy who, who left Target to go to college and get into a new career, which I can certainly empathize with. Yeah. Cause that's what I guess we're both doing now. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, he worked at target and said he definitely saw the writing on the wall months ago. Oh, wow. Like it was just awful. They also, apparently target didn't launch a Canadian website. So people would walk in wanting things from the U S version of target. Huh? And they were always so happy to be told that they'd made that mistake. Wait, whose mistake is that, really? <laughs> Take your pick. I don't know. It just apparently distribution was terrible. A lot of things they did were terrible. It was just a complete mess. And <clears throat> in retrospect, it is unsurprising that it did not survive. Right. Did you go to any targets? No, I didn't. Uh, me neither. It's kind of sad. And perhaps that's also an indication of why they didn't succeed. Yeah, like I mean, I don't, I don't go to Walmart. I go to Walmart maybe once every couple months. Yeah. I don't. I never went to. I went to Zellers again maybe once every three months. I'm not. I, I think that's just not really my kind of store. More than I was. Well, I think that's also a question of demographics. If you yeah. and Julia pop out a kid or two, I'm sure you'll be making more trips to that's true. Target slash Zellers. Maybe we could each pop out one. Then we'd have you, reason to each go. Each you and Julia? Yeah. That's <laughs> that's interesting. That I whole that like, was ambiguous. <laughs> that whole like male female thing, that was uh Rob's like yeah. gender doesn't matter. We'll just we'll each have a kid. Yeah. There's hormone treatments. Um, but I, <laughs> I tried to, I almost just blew right by that without. <laughs> uh, uh, we like so, to have fun around here. Yeah. 
I, I this made me think this whole target opening and then closing thing i've i've talked about it before with friends they didn't give it long enough first of all they didn't give it long enough to succeed breaking into a new territory and it also sounds like they didn't try particular maybe they tried hard but they just did a very poor job yeah but go it makes on. it it makes it seem like it was some cousin or nephew's idea uh, someone who's on the board of directors and their nephew says you should go to canada and then they tried it just to humor this person and then it didn't work and they're just like see we tried it for a year and a half and it didn't work and like something like eight billion in the hole now it's just yeah. but i mean if you're moving at an international i guess not international but a national chain to a new country where nobody has experienced that store before it's going to take some time you you could start small or you could go all in like they did you could have just opened one store or two stores or five stores but they went they opened a lot of stores and they were building new ones so you're mm. going to lose money while you're trying to do that yeah it wasn't just what a debacle yeah but like i've also heard that it's colloquially i've heard that it was supposed to be like a nicer version of walmart yeah but everyone here shops at walmart yeah, Walmart doesn't have the same stigma. Yeah, here. no. I mean, and in fairness, I've been to Walmart in the States and I felt pretty good about myself walking out of Walmart. <laughs> have you ever seen the website, The People of Walmart? I have, yeah. There's some interesting forms of personal expression that go on. Yeah, there really are. Yeah. I didn't see any of that in Canada at Walmart. Yeah, no, the candidates just people are like, oh, hey, cheap prices. Let's go to Walmart. Yeah. Or that's how it usually seems. Yeah, it it seems to me that and I, I wrote this down so that it would remain clear because otherwise I would have completely forgotten it. So targets tended to move into places where Zellers were in Ottawa. I think I that know. was... Yeah. I think they bought Zellers. I don't. Man, Zellers must be laughing all the way to the bank on that one. Because I mean, yeah, they bought the locations maybe, or something. But I don't think they bought them from Zellers directly. But it seems to me, if I was the one making the decisions, Canadians were pretty pro on Zellers. It wasn't like an upscale thing, but it got me. Like if you, if you take a McDonald's. And put some money into renovating it, restoring it, and open it as a McCafe. Then people are going to go because they know the name McDonald's and this is just a newer version of that. Mm -hmm. If you go to, if you used to go to Zellers, you know the name Zellers, you trust their brands. And suddenly you hear that there's a new store, Zellers by Target, opening up in your neighborhood. Or like Zargit. Yeah. Zellarge. The, the the point is to get the brand recognition of this old store without with Target stuff because they they have a lot of the same their department stores, they have a lot of the same stuff. It seems like you could brand yourself as an upscale version of something that already exists. I'm not I I'm sure that the Zeller's name wouldn't be free, but it the fact that it is now not a thing probably means it wouldn't be that hard to make money that way off an existing brand. Yeah. I think that that probably would have been a better idea because 
I, I don't even know. Like, does brand recognition, is that a big factor? Because it seems like it might be. People have, I think, heard of Target in the States, but it's not the same. I don't think there's any big positive thoughts. I, another thing I heard when they first opened is that people went to Target thinking, oh, there's Targets in the States. I've heard that's pretty cheap there. And then, the, but it's not the Target that's cheap. It's the fact that the States is cheaper. So prices mm-hmm. were higher in Canada for the same stuff you would have gotten in the States for cheap. Okay. So it might just be the problem. Again, this is again with brand recognition, where if you're expecting something cheap and you go somewhere and it's not as cheap as you were thinking, you're going to be disappointed and maybe not shop there. And that's the same thing that happened with their sales. Everyone was expecting big sales and they didn't get sales at all. The people I heard people were actually upset in some cases, physically upset with the, the actual employees in the stores because the sales weren't very good. Which is just like, like when you say physically upset, do like, you mean like like an altercation occurred? I don't, or I don't like know they were sobbing actual... and breaking down and like, why? <laughs> why are these tube socks only 35%? <laughs> I don't want to say that I know that I know that there was violence because I don't. But I feel like it almost came to violence with some people. They were very upset. Really? And I don't get that. I've I, Nobody said there were going to be sales. They just said they were liquidating their inventory. Huh. Incidentally, I have to jump in with the most interesting violence story that I've come across. Okay. Um, so I'm wandering around yesterday. Or uh, no, I'm standing there. I'm waiting for Kai to come out of the yoga studio. I'm with a mutual friend. This guy wanders out from the alley. He's like, hey, hey, I'm looking for a fight. Hey, hey, I'm looking for a fight. And it's like, okay, let's try and ignore this potentially not perfectly sane person. Comes up to us. He's like, hey, guys, looking for a fight. It'll be a fair fight. I won't kick you when you're down. We're like, no, no, we're okay, thanks. He's like, you're sure? I won't kick you when you're down. (laughs) And it's at that juncture when you kind of wonder. It's like, am I reassured that he's telling me he won't kick me when he's down? Or is that just indicative of something he might try later? (laughs) Because I'm not convinced he's fully capable of deception in his current state. Right. Anyway, so he's like, oh, okay, that's, that's fine. He starts walking away. Then a brilliant idea occurs to him. He turns around and asks if we would both like to fight him at the same time. Now there's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, Hey, maybe we don't want to go one-on-one cause he was also a burly looking gentleman. Like, right. And, uh, you can both fight me at once. I won't kick you when you're down. <laughs> it keeps coming back to that. Yeah, it's like, no, we're, we're still okay, thanks. All right, we'll, we'll have a nice day. Or like some equally pleasant yeah. uh, salutation. He just really wanted to fight you. I, if that is the future of street brawling in Canada, I'm okay with it. That seems like a very Canadian way to fight. I've <laughs> politely asked I've been someone. around people who, and I've gotten like, you know, bumped shoulders before with people who are looking for a fight but aren't being 
nearly as transparent about it. Okay. And like, it's obvious the person's looking for a fight, but they're just being a jerk about it. Like this guy is proof that you don't have to be a jerk to get in a fight with someone. You can just walk around and ask. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't even. I'm really a, curious to hear if he got in a fight or not. What he needs to do, it seems like, is take up boxing, boxing, some other martial art, maybe. Yeah. Because you, if you're gonna have a street fight, there's probably there probably should be some emotion behind it, not just I want to fight somebody, or like take up hockey, maybe. Yeah. Any number of Lots. things, really. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think there's a shortage of things you could do to get into a fight with someone. Yeah. So it's, yeah, but on just while we were talking about physical violence, yeah. I wanted to get up or get the story of the most polite fighter ever yeah he could have just come out and punch you in the face that would have started he could have he probably would have gotten a fight that way yeah. but no he asked nicely he didn't say please i don't know whether that would have changed my mind oh, at the time or not come but... on he didn't even say please no wonder well, you didn't yeah, fight now him. it's obvious why he didn't get it in a fight <laughs> should have uh, come up in like fully canadian i'm sorry to bother you eh? but uh was hoping you could fight me maybe would would you please fight me won't kick you when you're down only a hoser would do that <laughs> this guy's getting more and more canadian well i'm saying like maybe if he'd canadianed it up a bit maybe yeah maybe things would have ended differently i've got a pair of gloves here if you want to drop them <laughs> <laughs> here's a gauntlet let you throw it down oh <laughs> uh, yeah mm-hmm. uh, but on target yeah let's stay on target is it it, it kind of reminds me of tim horton's attempts to get into the states because every time they try it seems to be just a comedy of errors and they never seem to do well. And I mean, the, the, there is an obvious problem in that. I mean, Americans already have what, like six or seven places where they could conceivably go for like good value coffee and donuts. I don't know if there's six or seven, but there's definitely more than one. Yeah, like there are many places people will go to get coffee and something to eat in the morning. And right. Tim Hortons is just like, hey, but we're Tim Hortons. And it's like, well, that's great. Why would I bother? Yeah. Although I have also heard anecdotal evidence that Tim Hortons coffee in the States is not like Tim Hortons coffee in Canada. Worse or better? Much worse. Oh. I swear there is just a political border. Once you get across that border... I hear like it's good in Seattle and New York if you know where to go. But my God, I am not sure how the United States functions as a world superpower with coffee of that standard. I don't think it's just coffee. I feel like there's something in the the entire food industry. The beer is substandard too. Well, I had some Budweiser down there. It was It was very fizzy. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. 
was uh, it was basically the primary contributor to the flavor. Yeah, fizz. Well, I've been uh, w- when I watched the oh, what was it called? Super Size Me, Morgan mm-hmm. Spurlock, way back. That's probably ten yeah. years ago now. He was describing all this McDonald's foods and, and showing it, and it looked terrible. And that was not my experience at all. Having yeah, worked at no. McDonald's and having eaten there for years. Their pop is awful, too, because it's sweetened with high fructose corn syrup instead right. of actual sugar. Like, there's this hollow taste to the sweetness. <laughs> I just didn't drink pop there. Like, uh, I I got cheap Heineken and had that. Right. Because it wasn't, well, yeah, it wasn't a U.S. brand. So, right. I that said, they have some fantastic microbrews down there, which I imagine is the same for coffee. But yeah, yeah like that's probably true. You get, we got across the border after being in the States for a while, hit the first Tim's we saw, and my God, that was good coffee. <laughs> was it good or was it just better? It was very much appreciated is what okay. it was. Um, like I'd had several just mammoth coffees because we were driving a long ways. Sure. Like from McDonald's, and I swear to you, it was just brown and water. Hmm. And like I could down the biggest size they had and not feel a thing. And then I got to Canada and had proper coffee, and like you could feel yourself starting to buzz and getting that, getting the caffeine feeling, just being like, yeah, yeah, that's the stuff. <laughs> I'm really curious because if. The United States experienced widespread good quality coffee. I think either they would just stop messing around and actually take over the world. Or I don't mean to say that's what they're trying to do. Just as a disclaimer. Or they would just like chill right out after having a bunch of proper coffee. Hmm. You think that's what it is? It's coffee. They drink a lot of it. I'd be angry, too, if I was drinking that all day. Is Starbucks also bad there? Um, When I was there, we stopped at a Starbucks, and I had what I will call a passable cup of coffee. Okay. It, it wasn't great, but it was okay. Hmm. Um, The other passable cup of coffee I had, this was when we went to South Carolina. The other passable cup of coffee I had was supposed to be an espresso, but came out like an acceptable cup cup of coffee. Okay. And when I was actually, when I went to Miami with Kaya, the coffee place I went to was a Nescafe thing because the machines did the brewing for you. So they didn't actually have an opportunity to screw up my coffee (laughs) because (laughs) the power had been taken out of the hands of the operators. Oh, that's a shame. I mean, I guess it's good for you, but in terms of their coffee, it's a shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What, what could the world be like? I have no idea. I'm already as productive as I could be, and I don't drink any coffee. Spoiler alert, you're not as productive as you could be. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I really think I am. I'm going to refer you to the writer of Dilbert. I think his name is Scott Adams. Scott Adams, yeah. In his words, he feels sorry for those who drink less than three cups a day. Okay. Because you're not living life to its fullest, Rob. I don't purport to. 
I live life Nor should the exact you. way I want to. Would be irresponsible and just blatantly false. It would. <laughs> I, I don't even care. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that could encourage me to drink coffee. Well, I don't know. If you don't appreciate its deliciousness, then I agree with you. Yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page. Because I don't appreciate what you call its deliciousness. No, nor does Kaya. (laughs) It's a sad world out there, isn't it? I just... I look around at all the people I could be drinking coffee with. And it just makes me sad. That they would refuse such joy. (laughs) It's like... I imagine if you were like a fundamentalist, some religion, insert religion here, and you're going around, you're trying to spread the good word and it's brought you so much joy and people are just like, actually, no, no, I'm good. Thank you. And they walk away and you're like, but why wouldn't you let this joyful thing into your life? I imagine that's how I feel about coffee with you and how you feel about Apple products with me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure it's a perfect analogy, but it seems reasonable. Mm. You don't refuse to go into coffee shops, though. No, I, I am okay with coffee shops. The smell doesn't do much for me, but... Mm. The See, I've always liked store, the though. smell, even Oof. as a child, when I didn't actually like the taste of coffee. I always liked the smell. That Apple Store smell, though, shouldn't I be missed. I imagine it smells like VOCs. No, actually, surprisingly, really? there's not much of that. What does an all. Apple store smell like? Apples? It smells like dreams, Nick. <laughs> Was that a real spit take? <laughs> so I took the sip of water there. You didn't spit it out, but almost choked. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah. No, choked but it really my- does. It's, it's a very happy my favorite place. Favorite hockey team. Sorry. Hmm. Choked like my favorite hockey team. I said. Ah, yes. Okay. What did you say? I said it really does smell like dreams. Ah. <laughs> it's a very happy place. <laughs> the fact that you're deadpanning this is just perfect. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, dearie me. I should go to an Apple store tonight. Just breathe it in. Probably. Just, I have my iPad right here. I can just smell it. Although it's three years old now, so. <sighs> Still good. Do you feel like now that it has fulfilled some of your dreams, it has less dreams intrinsically to the device? Uh, no, or I think is it, it has merely, more. Is it merely a vector for dreams? It's a vector for dreams. Okay. It's lost a bit of its luster as so many new iPads have come out to replace it. Mm. Mm. But it's still still going. Good. Well, Rob, I feel like we've hit a bit of a natural stopping point. This seems like as good a place as any to end it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. And people can catch us the next time we feel like it. They can at, uh, well, this episode and others 
past and future can be found at unwindmedia.com slash emw. Good. Where's if your people, blog nowadays? It's It hasn't moved. It's blog.robitrell.com. Okay. I'm thinking um, of shutting down my actual main website and just folding it into the blog. Because yeah, it's, it's very hard. It's hard to update and... Now it's just six months out of date because I never update it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I should blog more, actually. I have some topics that I need to get to. I have so many can topics. Be found by Googling vodka and equations and if going you, to that blog. If you're in the sidebar on unwindmedia.com, there will also be a link there to both of those. Cross promotion. <laughs> All right. All right, let's wrap it up for this week. Cool. Do we have a Do we have an official wrap up slogan? No, I think like where you can find us. Okay. I just we could thank all our attractive, intelligent listeners. We should. Thank you, people. You Thanks, know who you attractive, are. Attractive, intelligent people. We like <laughs> you. If they made it all the way to the end, they're definitely intelligent. <laughs> or just really angry. 